I have discovered so many things about myself these past few weeks. And it's time that I talk about some of them, one of them, because my brain is on fire and my mouth is shut and my ears are open and I feel like I am trapped inside my growth. Welcome to Insecure the Podcast and I am your host, Chloe Beck. And uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. About a month ago, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I'm just going to talk about it. So what I will say is the first thing um, that I felt after being diagnosed was relief. Because for once, my crazy me being crazy made me not feel crazy. Like there's been so many instances in my life where my energy is up and down and I never knew what it meant or how to how to define it. All I knew is that when it was down, I stayed away from people because I know it could bring everyone else down. Oh, welcome. I'm in New York City. I'm going to let you hear what it sounds like in my part of the woods. So if you heard that, you're welcome. If you didn't, there was a saxophone. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I knew that throughout my life I would disappear and people would label me as flaky. Like, oh, you're so flaky. You're so flaky. You're flaky. But I would always say out loud, I swear, is that like when my energy is low, I just don't want to bring the room down. So I stay away. And I have lived my life that way up until about a month ago when I found out I was bipolar. And those were the differences between manic and depressive states. Um, And. So I felt relieved to know that I wasn't crazy for needing to what I thought was recharge. Like, you know, I thought I was, um, what is it? Ambivert, not intra, not extra. The one and the, the other one, I thought I was that. But the truest truth is I am an extreme extrovert who gets really down sometimes. And now I know why. So there's relief. Um, the second emotion was immense anger. I was so angry. I was angry at the 10 years of on and off therapy where no one caught this and they just kept giving me depression meds, which sometimes would work and then they would stop. And then I find out from my medicine management woman, who's a black woman, a 30 year old black woman. So grateful for a black woman looking out for a black woman because she diagnosed me in 15 minutes. Um, you know, she talked to me about how when, when the, when you're given the wrong meds, they work for a second, but then they just dull you out. Like, because in your depressive stages of bipolar, it works. But when you're up and you're stuck, like Chuck, it doesn't work. And I was like, that's why I would get off of them because I'm like, oh, this one doesn't work. But no, I was misdiagnosed. And we all get so everybody says they're depressed so often now that we I think we miss a lot of real illnesses by just lumping it into seasonal depression, 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 chronic depression, Zoloft depression, because I've been living my whole fucking life thinking I was depressed when I have so much joy. I I have so much want for joy. I exude joy. I give joy. But I've been telling myself I'm depressed. No, you were in a depressive state. And the moments when I had joy felt so unsafe or they felt too joyous. Oh, only to find out you're in a manic state. (laughs) So my whole life, I've never been centered. 
But my whole life, all I've done is center other people, both figuratively and literally. So I was angry that I was misdiagnosed and I slipped through the cracks, even though I am not the stereotypical, even if it's, well, we're not stereotypical anymore. I'm not the toxic side of my blackness where we pray it out instead of going to seek help. I sought help. I sought help. I sought help. And when I was near, like in a moment where I was literally, I thought I was going to talk to this medicine management person. She was going to hook me up with some Selexa, which worked the most best pre uh, lockdown and I was going to be on my way to be able to show up for work because I was in a state where all I could do was show up for work, but I couldn't show up anywhere else. I, I I just felt depleted everywhere else, but I would muster it up for work because that's what you do as a black woman. You show up for work, but you dine on the inside. But that's another story. Um, and I was like, I just want my depression meds. I'm going to just get my meds so I can get back on this this machine and get going. And she did her questionnaires and she's like, sis, you're not depressed. Uh, them pills not going to do what you think they're going to do. We're going to have to put you on a series of other things to get you where we think you need to be. Um, and I was so grateful. I was like, yes, give me the pills. Like, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of this diagnosis. I'm ready to use it. I'm ready to advocate for it. I'm ready to talk about it because the minute something happens for me, it doesn't sit with me. I think about how I can pass it out and give it to someone else. Right. I think I'm a conduit to other people's lessons. But when I tell you this one's teaching me my own lessons and I'm a conduit to me for once and I don't like it. That is where I am today. Um, And I was also angry at these relationships that I lost because I really have been struggling and I, I I'm going to use a lot of negative language and I'm going to talk myself out of it but like when I say I lost it felt like a loss well I know consciously anyone who leaves your life is it is for your good you didn't lose anything you gained perspective you gained a lesson you gained an experience you gained you gain space to really find who's supposed to be in your life. Right. So, but like, I have to speak from the depleted place in which these relationships have felt up until, Oh, about a month ago. Right. You know, between my career switches, I lost a lot of connections, shitty connections, one G connections, um, male pigeon connections. I mean, the variance of connections. Like I think one time it was just a head nod connection, you know, it's ridiculous. It was romantic turned. I'm a kill. You can, it is the connections in which I left as you can. And you see, I changed it just that quick. I left. It's just a switch of the word. And I, I'm smiling now. <laughs> the relationships that dissipated were already broken before they, before the switch. But the glue that held it all together was place of employment. And when that was no longer the pen, people fell like, but it wasn't even a psh at the end. It was just like, you just got to let them go. Um, Solange said that a long time ago. Um, so I was angry at those people for not seeing me or because a, a huge part of what I thought about those previous relationships in my mind, I, I, I interpreted the relationships of, I gave people so much space for their mental health shit. Like you can make a plan with me, change your mind and, and, and claim depression. And I'd be like, Ooh, I heard you. Uh, or you could even say, Hey, a better plan came along. And because my confidence and self-esteem was so shitty and I thought being the ultimate friend meant accepting shitty ones. Okay. I'll see you after you hang out with the friend who looks cuter in the picture than I do. Please enjoy yourself. Um, 
So, or the friend who's like, I just want you to be one of the numbers in the room and in a picture because you are so fucking cool. But I just, I don't really want to invest in you because you really do have another downside, but I only want to fuck with you on the upside. Oh, fuck, you're a party friend. Or bitch, you just make me look good. And that's, that's all that is fine. Like these are the friends and, and connections that I have lost or had lost me, as I said earlier. But I was so mad at them for not seeing me because I made space for all of their shit. But I felt like when I was in my shit, they just walked away. It was like my shit was too heavy in comparison to their shit. And now I'm like, if you fucks knew I was bipolar, would you have shown up differently? But And, and consciously, I feel like the answer is no, because shitty people are shitty people regardless of what your diagnosis is right like so just oh like they would have more empathy for you because you're bipolar no because they're bipolar they're depressed they're all these things and they don't have empathy for themselves message chloe beck it's not about you but i was still angry so we got relieved we got two degrees of angry and then we have just calm like since finding this thing out i have just that finding out that I have the, the the pendulum swing is what has calmed me because now I don't fight either one of them and now I can name it like it is so freeing to be able to say that felt manic that is a manic choice that seems like you're in a manic state if you just up and buy a car I didn't do it thanks to my therapist uh, <clears throat> excuse me and when you're in a depressive state, like I, I use it as my get out of jail free card. And even if I can't quite use it at McDonald's yet for a free fry, I can use it to myself and be like, oh, relax, sis. You are by you. You you have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So I, I really am like, oh, that is such a like, ooh, ooh, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to finally be able to have a name. So that's why I think it's so, so, so very important for people. If you're feeling off in your body, if things are never adding up, if the math ain't mathing, go talk to, even if it's not a therapist, look for a medicine management person. They take the same copay. They will figure out what your issues are. They will help you get the meds in the meantime. You even get, for me, I've gotten, I get a little mini therapy session, um, I get a little mini therapy session and, and like you, it's such a, it's just such a moment where you just don't feel alone because you know, you're going to check in with the person and they're going to monitor your meds. Like the medicines that I'm on, I'll name them in the notes. Cause I don't have the bottle. I just put them in my pill case. Cause I take 11 pills anyway. Um, I had to start off at like a 25, 25 for two weeks. 50 50 for two weeks then I'm at 100 which is like where they want to start you on your meds and like throughout this whole time there's just been this calmness about it and I just I pray for that for anyone who's feeling like if anybody has felt like I have described go talk to someone because you don't have to live there or if you do live there you don't have to live there without knowing a little bit about why it feels the way it feels so you add calm to that Um, now I don't know if it's just because I'm busy or because I'm manic or whatever, but like, I just am moving forward in a different way. Like I usually, I used to romanticize a lot of things. Like I would spend a lot of time in my past with the remember wins and just fawning over moments or, or just really like 
looking back oh sorry I just used to look back a lot and now you know I had a colleague uh, a previous colleague uh when I when I uh told them that I was bipolar like I come out as bi a lot like I'm bipolar um and I will say while I cannot guarantee it is similar um but it feels like people really don't know how to take me so I I want to do more research on just the bi word because I really do feel like as a person who's bipolar the looks are different than they are from depressed or I mean we really only talk about depressed we don't talk about schizophrenia we don't really talk about bipolar unless we're talking about Kanye West which is a a sensationalized and unfair advantage or an unfair vantage point into that because we're not with that man 365 we don't know what it's like we don't know we just don't know and it it sucks that he is the unofficial poster child for bipolar so it makes a lot of us not want to seek within to figure out our own diagnosis um but you're looking at one of the next poster children for because a lot of the things that Kanye is going through and and while I don't think his stalking is remote I think he needs he needs a real intervention and I think it's unfair what he's doing to his family and things like that I want to say that first um but I just worry about him too I worry about him because once again we're in this space where all we do is we just watch we just watch we just watch and while I know I can't run up to him and tackle him and put him into something the same way we watch people who are his peers are also watching. And, and, and I mean, even, even if it's just talking to him a little bit more or checking in a little bit more, like, you know, I have a, a, I have a, a person in my life who I am just watching on social media deteriorate and I just can't get to them. And it is tragic. And I know it's because of mental health and us not diagnosing ourselves. So I've been moving forward because like, look at everything I'm talking about. I just have, I don't have time to go back because I'm navigating here and now my bipolar disorder has, um, made me very present because now I know it almost, it almost feels like now if I look back at any of the things I used to romanticize or the remember wins, I can almost coax myself into, oh, that was manic. You, you were manic, manic. And then I started to feel manic in my person or that was, uh, depressed you or like you in a depressive state. That was you on the lower low. And I was just like, oh, I don't really want to walk back into the lower low because I'm feeling really centered and stable while unstable, because I think we still have to add in a lot of the previous things I've just went through. You have to add in, COVID you have to add in you know just being a black gay woman in America trying to exist um I think a lot of things are at play but once again while I don't think bipolar is the the biggest net for everything I'm going through when it comes to my thoughts and my rationalization and things like that once again I will say it has been a privilege to learn about my disorder um and then I just, it, it makes me sad. It makes me sad because I, I can't help but think, where would I be in my life if I knew this diagnosis a lot sooner, if I was on the right meds from a, a different stage in my life? Because here I am thinking I'm lazy. Here I am thinking I just am not motivated. Here I am not knowing how to keep the spark going in so many of my creative endeavors my professional endeavors like here I am 
thinking about all these times where I'm like, if only I could have just stayed with it a second more. But if I, I said it best to a group of people who I was navigating the past with, I said, we did not have the language back then. So you cannot beat yourself up. And even if we did have the language, black people were not the prototype for going to therapy. Like it didn't even dawn on me that I should have, I used to lock myself in my dorm room for, for hours upon hours upon hours. And I can't even tell you what I did in those moments. It felt like seconds. And my friends said, Oh, you flaky. No, I'm in there fighting for my life and didn't even know it. I didn't know how to articulate it. I just knew, I just knew how to deal with it. I just knew how to cope with it. I didn't know that there was, I didn't even know I was coping. I just thought, Oh, you're down, be down. I swear that, that makes me sad that I didn't have help at 18, 19, because if 18, 19, 20 year old Chloe had the resources that 35 year old Chloe has, I just wonder what 35 year old Chloe would be like. But what I can say is now that 35 year old Chloe knows this sky's the limit for 75, 85 year old Chloe. <laughs> oh, give or take. I don't get canceled, but we're, I mean, we're working through that anyway. Uh, the most important feeling, and I think it'll be the last feeling before I move on just in general. Oh man. For the first time, in my actual life, I gave it and not just said it because it's a buzz sentence. For the first time in my life, I gave myself grace. You hear me? I literally was like, oh, I get it now, bitch. You've done a stellar job. Look at how far you look at all the things you've accomplished on no meds while being a heavy drinker, while being overweight, while being a product of your environment, but not even close. Oh man, like the skin you sit in is made of silk because you were able to do this without the the correct keys to your own house of your brain. So if I can accomplish this much in the 34 years and four, uh, two months of not knowing officially that I, was bipolar now that I do now 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 that I do know and now that I am learning to continuously give myself grace in all spaces of my life and I'm still allowing this to be a calibration period because like I said it's about a month to two months in and this is all fine and dandy but this is this could also be the honeymoon stages of bipolar and I'm just going to navigate that too but what with grace grace and I'm sorry for the popping you might hear. I had to stop it because something went on with my interface and I, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm an editor uh, light. <laughs> so, but I hope you're listening. Um, I thank you for listening. Um, so those are the feelings I want to talk about in relation to my disorder. <sighs> now I just want to talk about how upsetting it is to know that now that I have this disorder, nothing else really changes. Like, while it's a get out of jail free card for me personally, excuse me, it's not a get out of jail free card for me <laughs> anywhere else. Like, if you're in a fucked up party or relationship, it's still fucked up. You cannot say, but baby, I'm bipolar. 
I mean, you could, but it does not matter. It doesn't matter, especially if you're with someone who's also navigating their own mental health. You know, we all are. So, like, it's a space where, like, empathy and sympathy is just really funny because it's not a guarantee uh, at all. (laughs) So, it's so interesting. And it's like, damn, I found this thing out. It should give me some reprieve. But like, no, life still goes on. You're still moving. You're still doing. You're still responsible. If you're responsible and or capable of being responsible, like if your diagnosis hasn't, you know, stopped you from being able to truly function, which I I send my heart out to those people because, like I said just a minute ago, the things I've still been able to accomplish with, with newly navigating this this disorder is just I'm so proud of me I'm so proud of me um um but it doesn't get you free fries at McDonald's it doesn't get you uh free applesauce like it doesn't get you the warm cuddles and like take a year off so you can fill your brain again it doesn't give you that um I mean, you could take it, you could demand it, but it's like, it's not a part of the diagnosis package. And that's been hard for me because I was a person who sucked at taking breaks and taking care of myself pre-diagnosis. And now I'm like, you have, it's like I'm fighting with myself on between self-care and just the habits of Chloe Beck, who's a worker. And, and I now know that if I don't give in to my self-care and taking care of myself, I will literally implode. So I try to take days off as I can, which I'm not that great at that either. Um, I try to be very vocal with my colleagues about where I am in my mental health because I don't want any interaction to to just be as, uh, attached to me um, as the insert black woman, angry, sad, depressed, stoic, strong, whichever. All of them apply, but none of them should. Uh, the black woman. <laughs> so... I just now know that I have to care about me in a different way. And while I will still acknowledge there is one place where I am struggling with that, and that's just in personal relationships. um, It's a work in progress that I am proud to say that I am progressing in. So, um, and now that kind of even talks to me about this project, like while I'm still navigating censorship and what's appropriate and when it's appropriate to discuss, um, when I'm up with this project, I'm up with it. And when I'm down, I'm down with it. And that is as a listener and who loves podcasts. And I remember when some of my favorite podcasts dissipated for personal reasons of those who hosted it, I felt lost and I felt alone and I felt like, damn. So what I, what I would like to do here is at least check in and maybe not give a full anything, but like just check in. So you can hear my voice and I can get your feedback and like the community can still exist because I am still very insecure. And I think that is, I'm so honest that I lie, like insecure. Like I, I, that is so me, especially right now. Um, and I don't mind sharing what I'm insecure about because I know I'm not alone and I don't want anyone out there to feel alone, especially if you're navigating 
any of your mental health stuff. I am not an expert. I dropped out after my second semester, my uh, second master's degree in mental health and counseling, probably because I was bipolar. Ah, see, look at that. Uh, <laughs> um, but I don't mind being a listening ear and I don't mind trying to, to resource share. And I, I don't mind being the community in which I want to be a part of. So I just wanted to share with you all that this has been a diagnosis that I've been navigating. Um, I've also been navigating another episode about Bill Cosby after watching the documentary, which terrifies me to release, even though I just don't know what's appropriate to say, even if I have already made my disclaimers about him being terrible. But I just don't want to alienate anybody, but I do have opinions about things and I'm still trying to navigate how to express them. So I, I I hope to find the safe space in this project once again, and I hope to bring a lot of you along with me. So thank you for listening to my insecure story about the time I discovered that I was bipolar. Uh, I will talk to you all as soon as my brain will let me and have a great day. Night, evening, weekend, wherever, you know, you know what I mean. Be you. <laughs>